This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I'll stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe through this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, alternative interpretations, or would like some help. Let us begin. We are continuing now with Richard III and the uh, uh, somewhat discordant gathering of uh, who should be the supporters of, of King Edward are gathered together. When uh, the old queen, um, King Henry VI's wife, Queen Margaret, comes in and begins to curse them all. And then Richard um, interjects uh, her name to see that her curses will fall upon herself. And everyone seems to sort of rally around Richard at that point. Uh, let's go back to the text. Queen Elizabeth to Queen Margaret, thus have you breathed your curse against yourself. Queen Margaret, poor painted queen, vain flourish of my fortune. Why strewest thou sugar on that bottled spider, whose deadly web ensnareth thee about? So she calls him a she calls her a painted uh, queen. That is, uh, she's not real. Probably a reference to makeup there, and she calls Richard a uh, a bottled spider. Fool, fool, thou wettest a knife to kill thyself. That's wetting, that's sharpening a knife. Um, Richard here, that's uh, going to kill Queen Elizabeth. Back to the text. The day will come when thou shalt wish for me to help thee curse this poisonous bunchback toad, Hastings. False boding woman in thy frantic curse, lest to thy harm thou move our patience. Queen Margaret, Fail sh- foul shame upon you. You have all moved mine. Okay, so her patience is all gone, is what she's saying. Rivers, were you well served, you would be taught your duty, Queen Margaret. To serve me well, you all should do me duty. Teach me to be your queen and you my subjects. Oh, serve me well and teach yourselves that duty, Dorset to Rivers. Dispute, dispute not with her, she is lunatic. So Dorset saying, look, she's crazy. You can't talk to a crazy person. That's one thing that's always sort of amazed me. I'll, I hear po- people talking about someone. They'll say, he or she is crazy. Why are they doing these things? I said, you do realize your two statements are inconsistent, don't you? If someone's crazy, why would they do anything with reason? They're, by very definition, they, they don't do anything by reason. So at any rate. There we have it. Um, and Dorset is saying, hey, don't look for reason in her. She's a lunatic. Queen Margaret, peace, Master Marquis. You are a malapert. Your fire news stamp of honor is scarce current. A reference there to uh, to money stamp of honor. It's fire new. In other words, it just came out of the mint. It's been melted and it's got it stamped on it. Um, scarce current, that is, it can't be passed. Uh, it's not... It's not legitimate money, if you will. Oh, that your young nobility could judge what twere to lose it and be miserable. They that stand high have many blasts to shake them, and if they fall, they dash themselves to pieces. Okay, pieces could be a sort of pun there on pieces of money, Richard. 
Good counsel, Mary. Learn it. Learn it, Marquez. Dorset, it touches you, my lord, as much as me. Richard, I and much more, but I was born so high. Our airy buildeth in the cedar's top and dallies with the wind and scorns the sun. Okay, so an airy is a uh, like a bird's nest or where eagles um, live up in an airy, A-E-R-I-E. And he's saying he was he was born at the top of a tree. And um, so he dallies with the wind and scorns the sun. Uh, yet another reference to the sun there. Queen Margaret and turns the sun to shade. Okay, so uh, uh, the sun there, again, perhaps a reference to the king and that the king is dead has turned the sun to shade. Alas, alas, witness my son now in the shade of death. His bright outshining beams, thy cloudy wrath, hath in eternal darkness folded up. Your airy buildeth in our airy's nest, and God that seeth us doth not suffer it. It is one with blood, lost be it so. Okay, so saying that uh, uh, you built your nest in, in her family's nest, that is a, uh, her family, uh, Richard's family, us usurped the crown uh, from Margaret's family, Buckingham. Peace, peace, for shame, if not for charity, Queen Margaret. Urge neither charity nor shame on me, addressing the others. Uncharitably with me have you dealt, and shamefully my hopes by you are butchered. My charity's outrage, life my shame, and in that shame still live my sorrow's rage, Buckingham. Have done, have done, Queen Margaret. Oh, princely Buckingham, I'll kiss thy hand in sign of league and amity with thee. Now fair befall thee and thy noble house, thy garments are not spotted with our blood. Are thou within the compass of my curse, Buckingham? Nor no one here, for curses never paps the lips of those that breathe them in the air. Okay, let's see what does he mean. No, no one here. Uh, saying the curses don't work. Curses never pass the lips of those that breathe them in there. I think he's saying that curses don't really amount to anything. Queen Margaret, I will not think they ascend the sky and there await God's gentle sleeping peace aside to Buckingham. Oh, Buckingham, take heed of yonder dog. Look, when he fawns, he bites. And when he bites, his venom tooth will rankle to the death. Have not to do with him. Beware of him. Sin, death, and hell have set their marks on him, and all their ministers attend on him. So he's saying he's a, he's a devil, and he's got all these demons around him. Richard, what does she say, my lord of Buckingham? Buckingham, nothing that I respect, my gracious lord. Queen Margaret, what, that thou scorn me for my gentle counsel and sue the devil that I warn thee from? Oh, but remember this another day, when he shall split thy very heart with sorrow and say, poor Margaret was a prophetess. Live each of you the subjects to his hate, and he to yours, and all of you to God's. She exits. So she's prophesying that uh, Richard's going to uh, uh, be the ruin of them all, and, uh, and that, uh, let's see, live each of you subjects to his hate. That is, Richard's hate, hatred is going to get them all, and uh, and then they'll hate him in return, and all of them will be hated by God. Buckingham, my hair does stand an end to hear her curses, rivers, and so doth mine. I muse why she's at liberty. Okay, again, they're trying to say that she's insane. Um, Richard, I cannot blame her by God's holy mother. She hath, she hath had much, she had too much wrong, and I repent my part thereof that I have done to her. Okay, so Richard's a liar as always. He was very happy to do it. Uh, God's holy mother there is Mary. 
uh, Queen Elizabeth. I never did her any to my knowledge, Richard. Yet you have all the vantage of her wrong. I was too hot to do some to do somebody good that is too cold in thinking of it now. Mary, as for Clarence, he is well repaid. He has franked up the fitting for his pains. God pardon them that are the cause thereof. Rivers. A virtuous and a Christian-like conclusion. Profave them that have done scant scathe to us. Richard, so do I ever, speaks to himself, being well advised. For had I cursed now, I had cursed myself. Enter Catsby. Catsby. Madam, his majesty doth call for you. And for your grace and yours, my gracious lords, Queen Elizabeth, Catsby, I come. Lords, will you go with me? Rivers, we wait upon your grace. All but Richard, Duke of Gloucester, exits. Okay, here comes another soliloquy of Richard's. I do the wrong and first begin to brawl the secret mischiefs that I set approach. I lay into the grievous charge of others. Clarence, who I indeed have cast in darkness, I do beweep to many simple gulls, namely to Derby, Hastings, Buckingham, and tell them tis the queen and her allies that stir the king against the duke, my brother. Now they believe it, and withal wet me to be revenged on rivers, Dorset, Gray. But then I sigh, and with a piece of scripture, tell them God bids us do good for evil, and thus I clothe my naked villainy, with odd odds in stolen forth of holy writ, and seem a saint when most I play the devil. Okay, so he's saying that, um, you know, he pretends to be upset about Clarence, that it was, he, of course, was the one who put Clarence, had him, had him arrested, put in the tower, but he blames the queen, and so he's stirring up strife between the other various uh, nobles, courtiers, those, those near to the king. And uh, and he's saying, oh, we must forgive and so forth. So he he quotes scripture against them, and uh, um, he seems a uh, let's see, he seems a saint when most I play the devil. Enter two murderers. That's how they're they're characterized. They're just called in the in the play characters. They're murderers, but soft. Here come my executioners. How now, my hearty, stout, and resolved mates? Are you now going to dispatch this thing? murderer we are my lord and come to have the warrant that we may be admitted where he is richard well thought upon i have it here about him me he gives a paper when you have done repair to crosby place but sirs be sudden in the execution with all obdurate do not hear him plead for clarence is well spoken and perhaps may move your hearts to pity if you mark him so richard saying go ahead and murder him quick or he might persuade you not to murder him Tut, tut, my lord, we will not stand to prate. Talkers are no good doers, be assured. We go to use our hands and not our tongues. Okay, so they're not talkers. They're, uh, uh, they're, they're doers. Um, somewhat reminded of a scene from the Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, the Ugly is, is taking a bath, and uh, a former uh, companion of his, who he... Uh, who he betrayed, bursts into the room with a gun and proceeds to tell him how how he's going to kill him, the ugly guy. And the ugly guy just shoots him. He had a pistol under under the water in the bath, I guess wrapped up in a towel or something. And Tuco, the bandit, the ugly guy, steps out of the bath and says, if you're going to shoot, shoot, don't talk. So uh, and that's uh, what the murderer says here. Is they're, they're going to they're going to do, they're going to do the killing. They're not going to talk. 
back to the text. Richard, your eyes drop millstones when fools' eyes fall tears. I like you lads. About your business straight. Go, go, dispatch. Murderers, we will, my noble lord. I guess together. They exit. Scene four. Enter Clarence and Keeper. That'd be the jailer. Keeper. Why looks your grace so heavily today, Clarence? Oh, I have passed a miserable night so full of fearful dreams, of ugly sights, that as I am a Christian faithful man, I would not spend another such night, though twere to buy a world of happy days, so full of dismal terror was the time. Okay, so Clarence is, uh, he's sort of betrayed in this scene as, as being innocent and a, and a good guy. Keeper. What was your dream, my lord? I pray you tell me. Clarence. Methoughts I had broken from the tower and was embarked across to Burgundy, and in my company my brother Gloucester, who from my cabin tempted me to walk upon the hatches. Thence we looked toward England and, and sighted up a thousand heavy times during the wars of York and Lancaster that had befallen us. As we paced along upon the giddy footing of the hatches, methought that Gloucester stumbled and in falling struck me. And that thought to stay him overboard into the tumbling billows of the main. Oh, Lord, methought what pain it was to drown, what dreadful noise of waters in my ears, what sights of ugly death within my eyes. Methoughts I, I saw a thousand fearful wrecks, a thousand men that fishes gnawed upon, wedges of gold, great anchors, heaps of pearl, inestimable stones, unvalued jewels, all scattered in the bottom of the sea. Some lay in dead men's skulls, and some in holes where eyes did once inhabit. There were crept as twere in scorn of eyes, reflecting gems that wooed the slimy bottom of the deep and mocked the dead bones that lay scattered by. Okay, let's look upon that. How did he fall overboard? So uh, uh, they're going over to France. Uh, they're like escaping, and Richard was with his brother, and uh, and Clarence was in a cabin, and Richard came and tempted him to walk upon the hatches. So walk up on the deck, but it tempted him to do that. Uh, and they were remembering all the times in the, the Wars of the Roses. Uh, let's see. Methought that Gloucester stumbled and in falling struck me. And, um, and the thought to stay him overboard, he went down. Okay, so... Um, Sort of a temptation image there that um, Richard is, um, I guess, succumbing to the temptation and he's stumbling. And Clarence was going to steady him. Um, but in doing so, Richard knocked him overboard. And there he has the, uh, all the scenes of death, all the, the deaths that had been caused in the wars. And, you know, we don't hear, hear exactly what Clarence did, but presumably he was in the, the leadership of the, the Yorkist party, and so had his share in that. This is a little bit reminiscent of uh, William's speech in uh, Henry V, A Touch of Harry in the Night, when he talks about all the dead men come together to accuse the leaders uh, of, of their deaths. And that might be what's somewhat's going on here. Keeper. Had you such a leisure in the time of death to gaze upon these secrets of the deep? Clarence, methought I had, and often did I strive to yield the ghost. But still the envious flood stopped in my soul and would not let it forth to find the empty, vast, and wandering air, but smothered it with my panting bulk, who almost burst to belch it in the sea. Keeper, await you not in this sore agony? Clarence, no, no, my dream was lengthened after life. 
because uh, I guess this is, could be because they thought you can't really die in a dream, that you would wake up before you actually died uh, in your dream. But here, Clarence, uh, uh, his dream kept on after his uh, death in his dream. Now, I know my dream was lengthened after life and then began the tempest to my soul. I passed, methought, the melancholy flood with that sour ferryman, which poets write of. Okay, that would be a Charon who, uh, who ferried the dead across the sticks. Back to the text. Under the kingdom of perpetual night, the first there to greet my stranger soul was my great father-in-law, renowned Warwick, who spake aloud, What scourge for perjury can this dark monarchy, monarchy afford false Clarence? So presumably Clarence was uh, involved in war against Warwick or somehow saw him uh, killed. That would have been, was that Anne's uh, husband or... No, I think I think Anne was married to Edward, uh, the prince, so maybe it was Anne's father. Can't remember. Who spoke aloud? What scourge for perjury can this dark monarchy monarchy afford? False Clarence, and so he vanished. Then came wandering by a shadow like an angel with bright hair, dabbled in blood, and he shrieked aloud, "Clarence has come! False, fleeting, perjured Clarence! It stabbed me in the field by Tewkesbury. Seize on him, furies! Take him into unto torment." With that, methought a legion of foul fiends environed me and howled in mine ears such hideous cries that with the very noise I trembling waked, and for a season after could not believe but that I was in hell. Such terrible impression made my dream. Okay, that's an impression that be uh, uh, it impressed him so much. Uh, but there also a bit of a double meaning that he is in prison. So Im impression and imprisoned, somewhat the same. Keeper. No marvel, Lord, though it have frightened you. I am afraid, methinks, to hear you tell it. Clarence. Ah, keeper, keeper, I have done these things that now give evidence against my soul. For Edward's sake, and see how he requites me. Oh, God, if my deep prayers cannot appease thee. But uh, thou wilt be avenged on my misdeeds, yet execute thy wrath in me alone. O spare my guiltless wife and my poor children. Keeper, I pray thee, sit by me a while. My soul is heavy, and I fain would sleep. Okay, so he's guilty about what he did in the in the Wars of the Roses, but he's repenting and he's praying deep. Uh, we're going to hear more about that in a little while. Keeper, I will, my lord. God, give your grace good rest. Clarence sleeps. Enter Breckenberry, the lieutenant. Breckenberry, sorrow breaks seasons and reposing hours. Okay, his name is Breckenberry, and the sorrow breaks. Seasons and reposing hours makes the night morning and the noontide night. Princes have but their titles for their glories, an outward honor for an inward toil, and for unfelt imaginations that often feel a world of restless cares. So that between their titles and low name, there's nothing differs but the outward fame. Okay, so they've got um, they've got their fame and their pomp, I guess, but they uh, they're still not lying easy. Again, this was a a theme throughout the the Hollow Crown plays. Enter two murderers. First murder. Ho, oh, who's here? Breckenberry. What's it, thou fellow? And camest thou hither? Second murder. I would speak with Clarence, and I come hither on my legs. Brickenberry, what so brief? First murder, tis better, sir, than to be tedious. Uh, let him see our commission and talk no more. I can't remember they said they were going to act, not talk. 
Breckenberry reads the commission. That's the, the warrant that they talked about before that Richard had, um, I don't know if he signed it or procured it, but to, to let them into Clarence, Breckenberry. I am in this command to deliver the noble Duke Clarence to your hands. I will not reason what is meant there hereby, but I will be guiltless from the meaning. There lies the Duke asleep, and there are the keys. He hands them keys, so he turns them over, turns Clarence over to the murderers. I'll to the king and signify to him that thus I have resigned to you my charge. Okay, so the, the warrant, the commission must have been signed, at least in the king's name. First murderer. You may, sir. Tis a point of wisdom. Very well. Breckenberry and the keeper exit. Second murderer. What shall I stab him as he sleeps? First murderer. No. He'll say toast one cowardly when he wakes. Okay, he's, he's not going to be waking, though, unless uh, I suppose this is a reference to he uh, wakes up in the afterworld. He'll, he'll accuse them of being cowards, and uh, it'll hold against them in the, in, the, in the judgment, the heavenly judgment. Second murderer, why, he shall never wake until the great judgment day. First murderer, why, then he said we stabbed him sleeping. Second murderer, the urging of that word judgment hath bred a kind of remorse in me. Okay, so remember, Richard told them not to talk, uh, but they're even doing it among themselves, and so they're losing a bit of their nerve. They're worried about um, what's going to happen to them in the afterlife. First murder, what art thou afraid? Second murder, not to kill him, having a warrant, but be damned for killing him, from the which no warrant can defend me. First murder, I thought thou hadst been resolute. Second murder, so I am to let him live. First murderer, I'll back to the Duke of Gloucester and tell him so. Second murderer, nay, I pray thee, stay a little. I hope this passionate humor of mine will change. It was wont to hold me, but while one tells twenty. Okay, so he's saying, ah, I wanted to forgive him and let him go. I didn't want to murder him, but uh, I just had to count to twenty, and I was okay. Notice a passionate humor um, in the... This line of thought, a uh, Christian line of thought, if you will, uh, a passion was like a, a sin. But here the passion um, urges him to mercy um, instead. So a bit of a twisting of the meaning there now. First murderer, how dost thou feel thyself now? Second murderer, faith, by some dregs of conscience are yet within me. Okay, dregs of conscience. Again, they're, they're twisting the, the, the proper way it should be looked at. First murderer. Remember our reward when the deed's done. Second murderer. Zunes, he dies. I had forgot the reward. Okay, Zunes is a is an oath, if you will. It's a an abbreviation of God's wounds. That's uh, swearing by the wounds of Christ. First murderer. Where's my conscience now? Second murderer. Oh, in the Duke of Gloucester's purse, so he can be bought. First murderer. When he opens his purse to give us our reward, thy conscience flies out. Second murder, tis no matter, let it go. There's few or none will entertain it. Okay, so he's saying it's not much of a conscience. First murderer, what if it come to thee again? Second murderer, I'll not meddle with it. It makes a man a coward. A man cannot steal, but it accuseth him. A man cannot swear, but it checks him. A man cannot lie with his neighbor's wife, but it detects him. Tis a blushing, shamefaced spirit, the mutinies in a man's bosom. It fills a man full of obstacles. It makes me once restore, it made me once restore a purse of gold that by chance I found. It beggars any man that keeps it. It is turned out of towns and cities for a dangerous thing. And every man that means to live well endeavors to trust him to himself and live without it. 
out. Okay, so uh, sort of a panegyric against conscience, uh, all the horrible things that it, it makes you do according to these criminals. Uh, if you steal, it accuses you. Um, if you're, if you're going to be cursing, swearing, uh, your conscience will check you. Uh, if you commit adultery, um, you're detected by your conscience, uh, mutinies, and uh, it's all bad. And he says he once found that, as I guess, stole a purse of, a purse of gold. Um, and he, he restored it. He gave it back. Um, dangerous thing. Uh, and if you want to live well, you won't have anything to do with your conscience. First murderer. Zooms did he even now at my elbow, persuading me not to kill the duke. Second murderer, take the devil in thy mind and believe him not. He would insinuate with thee, but to make thee sigh. First murderer, I am strong framed, he cannot prevail with me. Second murderer, spoke like a tall man that, that respects thy reputation. Come, shall we fall to work? First murderer, Take him on the costard with the hilts of thy sword. And then throw him into the momsy butt in the next room. So they're saying, hit him over the head and throw him in this huge vat of wine. Second murder. Oh, excellent device. And make a sop of him. That's a sop. That's a, like a piece of bread or something that you uh, you would put into wine and then, uh, and then eat. First murder. Soft, he wakes. Second murder. Strike. First one, no, we'll reason with him. Okay, remember, Richard told them not to do it, and they said they weren't going to, but they decided to do it anyway. And uh, this is usually portrayed, Clarence is like very peacefully with like an angelic uh, expression on his face. Clarence wakes. Clarence, where art thou, keeper? Give me a cup of wine. Second murderer, you shall have wine enough, my lord, anon. Okay, so they remember they plan to throw him in the in the the vat of wine uh, in the next room and and uh, drown him that way. So you're gonna have wine enough soon enough. Anon means in a little while. Clarence, in God's name, what art thou? First murder, a man as you are. Clarence, but not as I am, royal. First murderer, nor you as we are loyal. Okay, rhyme of royal and loyal. And of course, they're loyal. Um, to Richard, presumably is not king yet at this point. Clarence, thy voice is thunder, but thy looks are humble. First murder, my voice is now the king's, my looks mine own. Clarence, how darkly and how deadly dost thou speak. Your eyes do menace me, why look you pale? Who sent you hither? Wherefore do you come? Second murder, to, 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 to. Clarence, to murder me? Both I, I. Clarence, you scarcely have the hearts to tell me so, and therefore cannot have the hearts to do it. Wherein, my friends, have I offended you? First, my offended us not, you have not, but the king. Clarence, I shall be reconciled to him again. Second murderer, never, my lord, therefore prepare to die. Okay, so we've talked about this before, uh, that in this time, even deadly criminals didn't want the conscience on their conscience that uh, they'd sent a man to hell. So they'd say, say your prayers. And it was, that wasn't a, really a threat so much as it was, um, they were trying to ease themselves that they had sent the soul to heaven, um, being prepared and repentant rather than, uh, rather than going to hell so that it wouldn't be on their conscience. Clarence, are you drawn forth from a, uh, from 
Are you drawn forth among a world of men to slay the innocent? So they're drawn forth. That could be a reference to uh, the wine imagery that we're going to see here. And uh, to look forward a little bit, I think it was put out that um, some of the chronicles might even say, the historical chronicles that Clarence uh, drowned in a vat of wine. That could just have been a way of saying that he drank himself to death and was uh, what we would call an alcoholic. Uh, but there we have it. Okay, so prepare to die. Are you drawn forth among a world of men to slay the innocent? What is my offense? Where is the evidence that doth accuse me? What lawful quest have given their verdict up unto the frowning judge? Or who pronounced the bitter sentence of poor Clarence's death? Before I be convicted by course of law. Okay, so he's saying, hey, I wasn't convicted. I didn't have a trial. Back to the text. To threaten me with death is most unlawful. I charge you as you hope to have redemption by Christ's dear blood shed for our grievous sins. That you depart and lay no hands on me. The deed you undertake is damnable. First murderer. What, what we will do, we do upon command. Okay, so they're saying it was whoever commanded them has... Uh, has the offense of the second murderer, and he that hath commanded is our king. Okay, so Richard is uh, is their king here, the king of the murderers, I guess. Clarence, erroneous vassals, the great king of kings hath in the table of his law commanded that thou shalt do no murder. Okay, the king of kings, the first king there is capitalized, that is Christ, um, commanded you shall do no murder. Back to the text. Will you spurn his edict and fulfill a man's? Take heed, for he holds vengeance in his hand to hurl upon their heads that break his law. Second murder, and that same vengeance doth he hurl on thee for false forswearing and for murder too. Thou didst receive the sacrament to fight in quarrel of the house of Lancaster. First murderer, and like a traitor to the name of God, didst break thy vow, and with thy treacherous blade unrippest the bowels of thy sovereign son. Hey, pardon me. I got carried away um, with this uh, with this scene, and uh, so I ended too early. So I'm going to go over a little bit today, and uh, and we'll finish this scene before we finish the episode. Back to uprippest the bowels of thy sovereign son, second murderer, whom thou wast sworn to cherish and defend. First murderer. How canst thou urge God's dreadful law to us when thou hast broke it? in such dear degree clarence alas for whose sake did i that ill deed for edward for my brother for his sake he sends you not to murder me for this for in that sin he is as deep as i if god will be avenged for that deed he knows oh know you yet he doth it publicly take not the quarrel from from his powerful arm he needs no indirect nor lawless course to cut off those who have offended him Okay. Um, now, there seems to be almost a confusion there between uh, uh, Edward the King and and uh, and God or Christ, if you will. Um, he said Edward couldn't have done it um, uh, because he's as deep as a sin as he is. And, he said, and then he starts a new thought: If God will be avenged for the deed, um, he should do it publicly, and. Uh, he, then he urges the murderers, let God do it against me, not you. Don't take vengeance away from God. Um, God needs no indirect nor lawless course 
to cut off those that have offended him. And you can tell the difference there. Uh, it's not the king he's talking about, but the heavenly king, because the, uh, the H in he and him is capitalized. First murderer, who made thee then a bloody minister, when gallant springing, brave Plantagenet, that princely novice was stuck, struck dead by thee. Okay, so that would have been uh, Edward the prince. Clarence, my brother's love, the devil and my rage. Okay, um, the brother there is probably uh, Edward the king. First murderer, thy brothers love our duty and thy faults provoke us hither now to slaughter thee, Clarence. If you do love my brother, hate not me. I am his brother and I love him well. If you are hired for me, go back again and I will send you to my brother Gloucester, who shall reward you better for my life than Edward will for tidings of my death. Okay, so Clarence thinks that uh, they're saying that the king here, as uh, Edward has ordered his death, of course, it was, it was Gloucester who had it done and Clarence being the complete innocent, um, says, look, go to Richard and he'll reward you. Yeah, sure. Second murder, you are deceived. Your brother Gloucester hates you. Okay, so at least they're being honest with him now. Clarence, oh no, he loves me and he holds me dear. Go you to him from me. Go, go you to him from me. First murder, aye, so we will. Clarence, tell him when our princely father York blessed his three sons with his victorious arm, he little thought of this divided friendship. Big Gloucester, think of this, and he will weep. First murderer, I, Millstone, says he lessened us to weep. Okay, it can be the reference there to uh, Christ saying that you should have a millstone hung about your neck. Don't know. Clarence, oh, do not slander him, for he is kind. First murderer, right, as snow in harvest. Okay, so he, he's not right at all. Uh, it shouldn't be snowing at harvest time. Back to the text. Come, you deceive yourself. Tis he that sends us to destroy you here. Clarence, it cannot be, for he bewept my fortune and hugged me in his arms and swore with sobs that he would labor my delivery. First murderer, why so he doth when he delivers you from this earth's thraldom to the joys of heaven. Second murderer, make peace with God, for you must die, my lord. Clarence, have you that holy feeling in yourselves to counsel me to make my peace with God? And are you yet to your own soul so blind that you will war with God by murdering me? Oh, sirs, consider, they that set you on to do this deed will hate you for the deed. Second murder, reverse murder. What shall we do? Clarence, relent and save yourselves. Which of you, if you were a prince's son, being pent from liberty as I am now, if two such murderers as yourselves came to you, would not entreat for life? Ah, you would beg. Were, were you in my distress? First murder, relent? No, tis cowardly and womanish. Clarence, not to relent is beastly, savage, and devilish to second murderer. My friend, I spy some pity in thy looks, or if thou I not be a flatterer, come thou on my side and entreat for me. A begging prince, what beggar pities not? Second murderer, look behind you, my lord. First murderer, take that and that, stabs him. If all this will not do, I'll drown you in the malmsey butt within. He exits with the body. Second murderer, a bloody deed and desperately dispatched. How fain like Pilate would I wash my hands of this most grievous murder. Okay, so saying he's like, like Pilate. Remember Pilate washed his hands when he sentenced Christ to crucifixion. Enter first murderer. First murderer, how now? What's meanest thou that helpest me not? By heaven, so Duke, Duke shall know how slack you have been. Second murderer, how would he knew that I had saved his brother? 
Take thou the fee and tell him what I say, for I repent me that the duke is slain. He exits. First murderer. So do not I. Go, coward, as thou art. Well, I'll hide the body in some hole till that the duke give order for his burial. And when I, when I have my meat, I will away. For this will out. And then I must not stay. He exits. And that's the end of Act 1. So that's a good end for this episode. We'll pick up with Act 2 next time. And until then, adieu.